Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We as always are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russ Sari. Today we are talking about the Wisconsin Dells legendary showman Tommy Bartlett and his amazing ski show. We have great Wisconsin music from a band called Good Grief. Uh, We have a beer review, another edition of How Many Locos You At, as well as a special interview with Black Husky Brewing. Before we begin, please remember to like, subscribe, rate, and review. We also want to update that we have been uh, finally accepted into the Amazon podcast and then also the uh, Pandora as well. So those were the last two that we were hanging on to. Uh, also, uh, remember to check out our merch uh, at T Public. So, if you really are digging this show uh, and you really want to wear uh, and and represent, definitely go and grab some of our swag. Without further ado, here's our episode on Tommy Bartlett. So, after 70 years and 68 seasons of operation, the Tommy Bartlett Thrill Show has officially called it quits due to the effects of COVID-19 and the entire operation relying on large crowds in the summer months. The 90-minute water ski extravaganza called Tommy Bartlett Thrill Show was a legend in the state of Wisconsin and was often the number one tourist attraction for years. To keep the legend of Tommy Bartlett alive, here's a little information about the man behind the legendary attraction. Born Thompson Tommy Bartlett in Milwaukee on July 11, 1914. He was a showman and entertainer from day one, and at age 13, Bartlett started off his career in the entertainment industry and became a broadcaster on the radio station WISN. After spending time in Milwaukee, he decided to start a career in Chicago radio, becoming an announcer for the CBS-owned radio show WBBM, and continued to operate there until the breakout of World War II. Bartlett signed up for the U.S. Army Air Corps and had a natural knack for flying. That he, he and he actually became a flight instructor during the war all the way up until 1945, where he returned to his career in Chicago radio at WBBM, where he had a hosted popular shows called Meet Tommy Bartlett. The show was such a success that in 1947 he was able to host additional shows called Tommy Bartlett Show and a show he called Welcome Travelers. His success continued to grow during his tenure at WBBM and additional shows that he hosted directed at the target market of housewives called Meet the Missus, as well as the Missus Goes to Market, both becoming some of the most popular shows in the Chicago area and obtaining, obtaining large sponsorships. In 1949, Tommy went to the Chicago Railroad Fair where he witnessed multiple water skiing shows. This sparked the idea, and he began to purchase supplies and surplus from these shows and decided he wanted to start his own show. This first show was originally known as a Tommy Bartlett Water Ski and Jumping Thrill Show, and in 1953, the show came to the Wisconsin Dells. Due to its great success in the area, the Chamber of Commerce asked if the show would remain in Maine, becoming the tourist mecca center in Wisconsin. Bartlett agreed, and the show we all know and love was held here permanently on Lake Delton. 
And Eric, do you remember when uh, Lake Delton drained that one year? Yeah, and uh, I remember we were up in the Dells, yeah. and there was like a, I know it was a huge storm. I believe there was a tornado. We were in the uh, wilderness. The wilderness. Presidential suite. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, well, they were like uh, condos. Yeah, they were. They nice. were really nice. And this was like right after they opened, and we were testing everything out. Remember, we had like a yeah. checklist. We had to like fill did out. all the. Did the paint look good? Was the finish good? Was the counters and the drawers? Did everything work? It was crazy. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I remember but, we watched Flight of the Concords yeah, there, just hanging out. That was a nuts storm, by the way. Yeah, it was. We were like on the top floor, and you could see like tornado clouds. You like, and I weird. were walking outside back to the the um our entrance at the wilderness when it like started i remember that and it went from like day to night and instantly and then we watched the news the next day and they said lake delton the dam drained and like yeah. the water like all flew out flow flowed out of it yeah which is nuts but this is crazy. i remember that but yeah it was weird it's just weird timing for us really there was also additional traveling shows throughout the country and was even in the far east in one of the uso shows for the troops as well as an additional tour in asia Thanks to his great relationship with Mercury Marine founder Carl Kikehofer, this episode coming soon. Yeah. The show always had the latest and greatest boats and technology for all of his shows. His show is credited as making water skiing from a hobby to a major sport, and he also is credited with ski shows we all see today. And he was one of the who introduced the colorful costumes, jumping boats, night shows, ski jumping, skydivers, and making the show themes. Like, you know, when you see a theme, like they'll right. have like a certain year or something, they'll do some kind of costume like dolphins. This is water mermaids. skiing yeah. in the 20s and you've got your flappers. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. The show for 68 seasons was a massive success until 2020 when the show was canceled due to the lack of funding due to the coronavirus. And uh, it's a massive blow to the Wisconsin Dells as over the years, some 50 million people have been in attendance over the years. And in the 1970s, Tommy Bartlett opened the robot world a hands-on science museum, which is called Tommy Bartlett's Exploratory, and it's actually really cool. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, that one I've checked out uh, a few times. I remember as a little kid I was scared, but I went back um, a few years ago with um, Cal and uh, Eric, and they loved it. I mean, there's pianos you can play. There's, like, robots. It's yeah. kind of scary when I was a kid, though. I mean, it was pretty intense. Yeah, it's a really cool hands-on uh, place. Definitely, and it's, it features a sci-fi theme of robots and probably for the 70s, some of the most amazing technology. And uh, due to all the wealth that um, Bartlett accumulated, he was able to buy a module, or for, a module from the Mir space station, which he purchased from the Moscow Museum and is on display for passerbys right out in front of uh, Robot World there. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Bartlett, besides his thrill show, was also still heavily involved in broadcasting as he was announcer for the Calgary Stampede from 1966 up until 1992, and a huge achievement being able to broadcast as an announcer at the 1988 Winter Olympics. In 1993, he was inducted into the Water Ski Hall of Fame, despite only water skiing once in his life on his 70th birthday in 1984. But due to his exposure and promotion of the sport of water skiing, it was a must. He was also elected into the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame in 2003 posthumously. On September 6th of 1998, Bartlett died of kidney failure at the age of 84. But this Wisconsin tradition will live on forever in our hearts and be ingrained into the Wisconsin landscape. Yeah, it'll be crazy. You know, I assume they're going to take down uh, the billboards and stuff. I mean, that's that's a staple. By the time you get to Madison and you're driving north, you see a bunch of them and, oh, and yeah. that's like the, the main attraction that they 
that they seem to advertise on the on the roadways. I was really lucky enough to at least go and see it once. You know, I was sm- I was a little kid then, but I do remember it. It was really cool. They had skydivers. It was just a really neat experience, and I feel bad for all the future generations not being able to see this attraction in the Dells. Yeah, it's definitely going to change. Uh, I think the 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 different attractions around there. I mean, I, I can't believe that you know from here moving forward. It that's one of the ones we're going to lose, and and yeah. who knows what else this this pandemic is going to take down. I mean, those things, all of those attractions that are there on the main strip, are you know they they rely on the ability to have uh, tourists and stuff in the in the warmer months, and we already have few of those in Wisconsin, and uh, I just have a feeling, a, a gut feeling, and and hopefully I'm wrong that, you know, this may take down a few more. Yeah, and with all the water parks and stuff and everyone swimming, I, I mean, I'm sure it's been really rough on the Wisconsin Dells this year. All right, so we have another music segment today. The band that we are featuring is Good Grief. They are from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, they do uh, the, the rock, the pop rock, uh, some classic rock stuff. They have a, a great uh, a line of, of influences that they list on their website that includes everyone from Black Crows to Aerosmith. I mean, uh, some really, really heavy rock bands that uh, are, are great, great popular music. Uh, and, and the song that we're featuring today is uh, called Are You Living? You can find them on uh, Spotify, YouTube, go to their Facebook page, and also their website as well. So without further ado, this is Good Grief, Are You Living?
All right, again, that was Good Grief from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That song was Are You Living? Go check them out. They are absolutely phenomenal. And if you liked that song, you're going to love the rest of what you hear. So uh, without further ado, we have another beer review. This one's tasty as hell. Yeah, so today we got the uh, Space Time from Good City Brewing here in Milwaukee. It is a hazy IPA with Galaxy Hops coming in at 5.4% alcohol by volume. Um, this IPA is one that you can kind of drink um, throughout the day. It doesn't have that high ABV, you know, 6.8 plus. Yeah. It's uh, pretty tasty. It it's reminds not... me a lot of Fantasy Factory. Yeah. Like the Galaxy Hop is coming through a lot, that unique flavor from it. And it's not harsh, which is awesome. I mean, it's, it's got a really, really, really good, even mouthfeel, and it doesn't have any real, like, crazy, destructive flavors that just wreck your mouth yeah and I, i'm really into the hazy ipas they kind of been my go-to lately so this is they've been, a really they've been good huge one. and popular too so. i know i love it and uh, actually on the can it says seek the good and this one is one you have to go out and seek it's delicious um it, you know you're getting a little hint of fruitiness almost like a little fruity pebbly mm-hmm. from the galaxy hop which is like a super unique hop yeah. And we were talking to some other people about that. It's like it's like a really, you know, restricted strain. Only certain people can get it. So it's really cool that a small brewery like Good City can get it, you know. Well, and I was going to say, too, Good City has been absolutely crushing it out of the park, too. I haven't had a single beer from them that I I wouldn't drink again. Uh, they're all ones that I would I would go out and grab a six-pack of to enjoy. You know, they're, they're actually uh, just great beers, good flavors. None of them are, like, over-the-top you know, uh, crazy flavorful, but they're like perfect beers. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like this one is really juicy and you're getting like some fruit hints, but on the back palate, I'm getting like fruity pebbles. Like I'm not even joking. Like it's really tasty. Yeah, this one is, like I said, one of those ones that's just a classic good hazy IPA. I wouldn't, uh, I, I, I again, there isn't a, a beer from Good City that, that I wouldn't go and grab again. They're they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah, definitely. So like the can says, seek the good and uh, go pick this one up at your local Woodman's or liquor store. It's it's a really tasty beer and we highly recommend this one. It's that time again. How many locos you at? Yeah, today we got an interesting one um, from a 52-year-old Middleton man who is facing charge of his fifth OWI. This guy literally looks like Barf Reynolds. Yeah, it's like Burt Reynolds went down a really bad path. Like, Real rough. He has like the stash and uh, the, the hair, but it looks like he might have drank himself out of the Burt Reynolds phase. He's very sweaty in appearance, uh, gross looking. So after being arrested in Rock County, deputies responded to West Highway 11 and South Severson Road about 8.15 p.m. Wednesday for a report of a motor vehicle on the side of the road. Deputies say the driver showed signs of impairment and was booked into the Rock County Jail. Authorities say he was arrested for operating a motor vehicle without owner's consent because a vehicle he was driving was stolen out of Madison. Wow. And you know what? Hey, he, he made it all the way from Madison in Dane County to wherever this wherever he was here in Rock County uh, on 11. I'm assuming that's near Janesville. Smokey the meth and the bandit. Yeah, that's dude. This guy. The package that he was traveling was uh, just a big old meth rock. Yeah. And, you know, this guy... He, he looks like he if he would have took a good path he could have been in a like a, a western movie or something easily he looks he looks like he has that gravelly voice yeah. he's got that rough exterior he could definitely be uh one of those you know like you said in a yippee western oh, or yippee. 
Yeah, he's he's uh, honestly he he could have had a, a bright future. No, for sure. If he just had done a few less lines and uh, smoked a little less rock. Yeah, and we got we got to be honest about this guy. He's not a loco drinker. No, he's a ham. He doesn't even know what it is. Yeah, he's like a hams or an old style guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know maybe Coors. He might be a Coors drinker. Yeah. Um. And, and not not to say Probably those beers are bad, classy. but he, he's not he's not a local drinker. Let's be honest here. He's well, and he doesn't not. like craft beers, is what we're trying to no, say. He's no. he's definitely more of a. I'm going to grab a thirty pack of something that costs me about ten dollars in this guy's pocket. Buck knife, yeah. Marbreads, mm-hmm. hams, and a wallet, and like a small saran wrap baggie of something that we can't identify. John Wayne belt buckle. <laughs> John Wayne belt buckle. <laughs> Like, is it a belt buckle with John Wayne on it? Or oh, is yeah. it a belt buckle like John Wayne wears? No, it's a belt buckle with John Wayne on it. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. That says the Duke underneath yeah, it. So. Exactly. But it's it's from, like, State Fair. So <laughs> yeah, Duke yeah. is spelled D-O-O-K-E. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> the old Dookie. <laughs> the Dookie. The D, yeah, exactly. So, okay, we got to put some of these evidence together. He's a 52-year-old man. Yeah. Um, stole r- a car. Stole a car. We don't have the um, breathalyzer. Rock he's County. On the, but he's on the side of the road. So we know this guy is a veteran on the side of the road. Like, he's up there. But he didn't get the vehicle working. Yeah. So he's not mechanically inclined. Yeah. Or he is so wasted that all of that went out the window. So with this evidence that we do have, um, you know, so the vehicle probably went out. I'm saying, like, so maybe he wasn't as drunk then because the vehicle's on the side of the road. He wasn't, like, swerving or going too crazy. Um, I wish I wish we knew the the, the vehicle... And, and a little bit about its mechanical abilities. And if it was like in good working condition, did it run out of gas? I, I really wish I knew just a little bit more because I feel like that could really change the scenario. But with what we have in front of us, with the evidence presented, I, I believe we're looking at maybe six, a six loco. So about a can and a half. Yeah. I was thinking two cans, probably an eight loco. Yeah. So, so yeah, six and eight, yeah, six I, and eight. Yeah. I think we'll go with that. That sounds pretty reasonable. actually. Yeah. So yeah. Again, you know, with what we have in front of us, let's just go ahead and, and play a scenario here for a second. If the vehicle is in great physical working condition and he's just on the side of the road, a hundred percent, he's into a third can. He is oh, knocking yeah. on yeah. The, the door of like, 12 to maybe even 16 depending on what you know what what evidence we had you know more if, if we were to play the scenario out and you know he crashed the vehicle you know into like a guardrail or something whatever uh but with what we have i i believe we're right between six and eight loco yeah and to, to be honest i can play this scenario in my head i'm sure the guy has a rusty truck, probably a Chevy that's just rusted out methed out <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else no a rusty trombone <laughs> yeah so he has a rusty truck, yeah, he and he like he it doesn't start. Let's say he leaves the bar, it doesn't start, so he takes a car, tries He's, to go home with it. You know, yeah, he, his truck is the one that's the key is snapped off in the ignition. I mean, there's no looking for a key when you get in this damn thing. He just yeah. turns the thing. It's good to go. It's an '80s '85 Ford. Let's just say, yeah, yeah. But absolutely, that I love. I love what you painted for us. He definitely was leaving some biker bar. Yeah, it truck. His truck was gone. You know, just dead battery's gone you know somebody hit it and it was the last thing that could you know do in this truck was just gone and then he looked over and he saw this nissan and he was like all right i guess i'll just steal this idiot's nissan and it's a convertible probably and he just hopped in but you know like it wasn't a smooth hop he probably stumbled in yeah bashed his mustache on the console (laughs) 
It's a lethal stash, dude. It probably ripped the whole council off when he hit it. So he definitely left a mark on the. <laughs> and we don't know if that's because it has you know cigarette ash in it or whatever. But but that's gonna conclude our our yeah, how this, many local this US article. Segment. It was a decent one for sure. So bang the gavel. This guy's six to eight. All right, today we're here with Tim from Black Husky Brewing Company. Tim, how are you doing? Living the dream. Awesome. I love that answer. <laughs> yeah, brewing beer, right? Yeah, drinking beer too. Good, uh, good. Great. So we got we got the first question we got. Um, can you give us a little history about uh, Black Husky? Sure. We started the brewery in a small town in northern Wisconsin called Pembine. Uh, it's about oh an hour and a half north of Green Bay, and we had um, a small sled dog kennel that our son had started, and that's where the name Black Husky comes from because we had twenty three dogs, and uh, started the. Um, the brewery in a little log cabin out in the woods that I had built. And that's how we got started. Pretty early on, uh, we found that the people that really wanted our beer were people in Milwaukee. And so I would drive down once a week and make deliveries in our little black husky van. And we did that. Uh, we started in 2010. And then we relocated to the River West neighborhood in August of 16. And now we've still got a relatively small brewery um, and a nice little tap room. Um, and it's been a you know pretty successful move for us. Uh, really like the neighborhood, really like the people. Um, very nice community. Yeah, we both have connections with River West, actually. Yeah, and I've, I've been to the tap room, and uh, I think it's absolutely a phenomenal the, – the, the, the little um, – front little porch area thing that's there with like the little pea gravel and you can sit and, and have your dogs there and then you can come inside too. I love that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that when we were looking for um, a place, a building, an outdoor space was critical to us. And so that's just got, it's not a huge area, but it's nice, you know, especially uh, right now with everybody wanting to stay outside. Yeah. It is definitely a phenomenal location. So we, we had to ask, we had a, a guest on our show recently, and uh, he said that you have a self-proclaimed worst brewery tour. Uh, that is correct. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I've done a brewery tour for a while uh, before, um, before the shutdown, and um, I have never really enjoyed doing brewery tours, but, it be, I mean, everybody just insisted upon having it. Um, and so kind of our um, shtick on the whole thing, because first of all, I just didn't like doing them, and I, I think they're stupid. And <laughs> I, um, especially a small place like us, it's not like you're going into a place where I'm taking you to the bottling room that I'm taking you through where the kegging is and the packaging. And it's, it's one fucking room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can, what's there to tour? I mean, touring implies that you're going to be walking, and you're not, you're just going to sit there. I'm going to give you some beer and I'm going to drone on it for an hour. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And um, so I, but we, we're kind of forced into it just because that's what everybody does. So I was going to do it my way. Um, and I got an idea because, um, and what, what the shtick is that, that we do there is that we started this because Lakefront pulls up their truck right in front of our, our building all the time. And it says Milwaukee's uh, best brewery tour. And so we actually, and we're, we're really tight with those guys at Lakefront, um, top to bottom, we know, you know, a lot of people there. So, you know, it's, it's all in good fun, but 
and I just say those guys are just straight up assholes uh, in the tour. But uh, we just have a really good time with it. Um, obviously, they've got a fantastic tour. Um, uh, Jim and Russ are the, the two brothers that started Lakefront are two very different people. Um, and I mean, personality wise, Russ is very analytical and quiet. Jim is one of the warmest, nicest people you ever meet. And so he's the one that got the tours going and it, it was just a way for us to kind of play off of, uh, what they were doing. That's funny. I like that. I really do. Yeah. So we were going to ask, um, does black Husky have any, uh, new exciting beers coming out that we need to keep an eye out for? No. No, I know things with COVID have been just so the, weird. Just the classics, right? Stick to it. No, no, we got we got some new stuff coming out. I'm I'm a little fed up with just you know what's new, what's new, what's new, what's new all the time. So I mean, we like to have our classics, like you say, and the, the same stuff that we do. But I mean, you, I mean, we all like to have new stuff. It's just that the you know the uh, rotation nation thing that we have going on now kind of gets it, it gets exhausting. And it's, you know, not a rabbit hole I really want to go down because then, you you know, you have the tail wagging the dog pretty soon. But the, I think right now probably the one that we're enjoying the most, um, besides we started doing some more um, gozes and stuff, which I, I don't think a lot of people know about, but we were able to um, acquire some experimental hops. Um, and we have... We're starting on the third in a series of seven. We're releasing that this next week. Um, and it's called uh, the, the Hop Breeding Company. So it's an HBC. Um, and then the number of the experimental hops. So we've done HBC 344, HBC 586. And we're going to be releasing HBC 472 this following week. And what I do is I use the same basic recipe that I use for all my pale ales. So like Bane and Dogfather, uh, original pale ale, they are identical in recipe except that they're all single hop. Uh, original is Simcoe, Bane is um, Citra, Dogfather is Mosaic. And then all these other experimental hops, it's just that one hop with that same malt bill and so on. And what that really does is it allows or people to identify the hop flavor and how much it can contribute to a beer. So, I mean, you can sit down and you can have each of those beers, you can do four, four of those beers, and they're dramatically different in taste just because of the flavor that the hop brings to it. Yeah, I know. Me and Eric have done some home brewing, and we did the same thing where we used a standard pale ale uh, recipe, and we'd only do a single hop, single malt, or a smash, I think they call it. And just to get that flavor through, to kind of get, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of flavor to know how to build that next beer you're going to make. Yeah. And that's when I, when I started brewing as a home brewer, um, I would, that all I, I was obsessed with, um, two hearted ale, love two hearted ale, but it's still one of my favorite beers. Um, but what I really did was I would just brew, I would, I would, I would take, uh, one variable and I would change it. Maybe I would, you know. So I would brew like over a weekend, I'd brew like seven batches of beer and I would do, um, same hop, um, schedule, same, same grain bill and use seven different yeasts and then figure out, you know, which, which, uh, one I liked the best. And the next time I would, you know, change up the, the hoppers, you know, and, and so on. So that's kind of how I did things. And, and the result of that was 
I had a shit ton of beer to drink. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of what we did. I mean, we would uh, we would change the caramel. You know, the darker the caramel, try different caramels, um, the caramel uh, malt. Um, you know, try different base grains. Like you, you know, you have your two, 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 um, two row, two row, and you, you know, you could just mix it up a little bit and try different things. And we, we were really into that for a long time. I mean, we would spend weekends brewing just oh, to get yeah. the flavors to see yeah. what we could come up with. So. And we had we had the same the same problem, I guess you could say, is that we just had a lot of beer to drink. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's a good thing about having a lot of friends though, because you could share with them. So. <laughs> All right, so before we let you go, um, we do have our little How Wisconsin segment you are, um, if you're ready to participate. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so the first one I got, Tim, so I know you're from up north, so how do you pronounce sauna? Do you do sauna or sauna? Sauna. Sauna. Sauna is not only a noun, it's a verb. You go to the sauna to sauna. Exactly. So that's the Finnish way. I just wanted to check nice. with you. Yeah, we... We talk about that the tours too. Uh, oh, cool. About the sauna and kind of the Uber um, kind of uh, culture, such as it is. Okay, so my grandma is from the south, so my grandpa lived up north. So there was the pasty versus the pasty. How do you how do you pronounce it? Uh, it's pasty. Yep, that's the up north. I, and I agree. I think it is just pasty. Yeah, that's kind of the up north way to say it, and it is the correct terminology. My grandma used to call them pasties. And she'd send my grandpa up there, but my grandpa's like, if I'm going to get pasties, I'm going to Hurley, yeah. and I'm going to see some pasties. So. <laughs> I think your grandma was a weirdo, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's a little freaky. <laughs> All right. Have you ever eaten a squeaky cheese curd? Uh, of course I have. But the thing about getting, you got to get them fresh, and you can't have them too cold. Agreed. So you got to let them warm up a little bit, and then they squeak better. Yeah. Have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? Yes, I have. Uh, not a Badgers game. Um, I've only been to a couple Badgers games, and they just pack you in like sardines. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I don't actually think I've done a Packer game, but a lot of Brewer games. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think um, when we first moved from Pembine to Milwaukee, I think I was about 15 or 16, and I think that I, I went um, – my dad used to work at Harnish Figure, and so um, – we uh, that wasn't that was really close to the stadium, so we would go out, walk down from the uh, work Harness Figure parking lot, and then go hang out in the uh, um, you know do some tailgating. And back in the day, the they would serve you even if you were 16 years old in the stadium. Oh, nice, good times. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. So, from being up north, have you ever seen a brown bear? Oh yeah, we had one in our yard um, a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not something we get to see down here, but I know when I go and visit family up north, we always see a couple brown bears. I, I saw one in Rhinelander, which is a little south for a brown bear, I would say. But yeah, it was pretty cool seeing one. Yeah, yeah, it's um, we do like uh, seeing the um, the critters. All right, have you ever hit a deer? I have not, um, and part of that is because. Uh, Tony has got uh, really good at spotting deer. But, yeah, I have never hit a deer. Um, and, um, yeah, knock on wood. That's and, impressive. Um, you, know, I, 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 you know, I've actually, you know, eaten deer that have been hit. That's, you know, not real uncommon. Yeah. But, uh, Just a nice form of tenderizing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a real big fan of venison, to be honest with you. 
It's it's a little gamey. It's a I little like gamey. it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And I you know when I get a deer, I usually mix it with a little pork to kind of give it a little more. Uh, I Fattiness. guess yeah, a little less gamey taste. This is a controversial question. So, uh, what do you consider up north? Um, I think you got to be north of Green Bay. Um, you know that's the line right there. I know some you know maybe some people say Highway sixty four, Highway eight. I think that's probably pushing it a little bit. Um, yeah. Fond du Lac is not up north. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm kind of in that boat where it's uh, anything north of Wausau when you're traveling up fifty one. Yep. I, I, I think that, that's fair. Yeah, it's just kind of like you're out of the cities, like the major cities, and then you you get down to that one lane highway, and you know you're up north. Yeah, and you know fewer farms, more um, more uh, more woodland, you know stuff. That that that's where I think up north is. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, have you ever been to a supper club, and uh, do you have a favorite supper club? Yeah. Not a lot of supper clubs, but uh, the one that I I do enjoy going to is right in Pembine. Uh, it was started a little place there, and they a couple named George and Mary Paris um, took an old rundown bar that used to be called Caroline's, right there by the railroad tracks, and uh, where uh, old branch is off of 141, and they opened that up. Oh, I would say early 2000s, and uh, it's a solid place. George and Mary don't own it anymore, but it's called Paris and Pembine. Uh, Stretch is still the the cook there. So if you go in there um, to um, to get some supper there sometime or fish fry or anything, uh, just say uh, hi to Stretch. Will do. Awesome. All right, so beer brats. Um, is there a Black Husky beer you recommend we need to try? Well, first of all, this is something that I feel very strongly about is you don't boil brats. You First, you, you put them on the – you should have a Weber grill, indirect heat, use lump coal not briquettes and you got to keep on turning it once they're done if you want to put it in some beer to keep it warm that's acceptable but to boil your brats first is uh totally unacceptable i agree as, it's a sacrilege as, as, as what beer goes best with brats of ours um, i'm gonna say spruce you know i think spruce is a really good uh, beer it's got a lot of flavor when you have that that brat that can some can be kind of greasy It'll cut through um, the flavor. It'll cleanse your palate as well. So then the next time you have a bite of that brat, you get the full flavor like it was the first bite. Oh, nice. I like that. I like your take. So have uh, you... If actually, if I was if I was going to 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 pick what would be the best beer to have with a brat, it would probably be hams. Hams? Uh, okay. We, we, we are big fans of the hams. Um we uh, usually have three or four thirty packs in the uh, in the walk-in at, at the brewery. So, in fact, I I'll tell you a quick story is that a lot of times at the tour I used to shotgun hams with people, <laughs> <laughs> and we had about oh I don't know about this was before we were shut down, and it was a Saturday night and this this younger couple kept on kind of you know looking at me when I was working behind the bar. And finally, you know, she, she called me over and I said, yeah, you know, how are you doing? She said, well, we just wanted to tell you that we moved to the area recently. And one of the, the big factors why we moved here is because when we were looking around, you took us in back and gave us a kind of a custom tour and shotgun to hams with us. That's so, cool. Uh, making the world a better place, one shotgun hams at a time. You know, 
it, it definitely once this all is kind of subsided, we should definitely get together and, and shotgun a hams and see your uh, see the facility and and uh, and sort of take that tour, if you will. Yeah, um, I might start doing tours here, but I don't know. I've got enough stuff going on right now that I I don't really I want to I want to add something in that I really don't like doing. The thing yeah. is that I will a lot of times I I will yodel for people though too. So. Oh, can, can you can you do a can you do a quick yodel for us? Because I, I I have been trying and I we gotta hear it. I'll see if I can. I'm I'm kind of hoarse this morning. Okay. Um, but I'll see what I can do. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. Ooh, that, that was, was awesome. That, that was, was phenomenal. Cool. That was professional. That was, that, that was pretty fucking rough, man. <laughs> it sounded good. Maybe, maybe by your standards, but we've got a little lower standards, I think. I'm, I'm just uh, terrible at it. I've been trying for years, and I suck. So, <laughs> have you ever had a true muddled old-fashioned, and do you prefer sweet or sour? Um, I have had a muddled old-fashioned, and I actually prefer the... Um, the shitty kind you make with a mix just because it seems to be more traditional. Yeah. And um, I like it sweet and uh, also um, bourbon. Yeah, I like both. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the original recipe, like we said, is uh, was originally whiskey. Bourbon whiskey was the original. Um, that was how they were fashion. introduced, I think. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it became the brandy old-fashioned, uh, like towards the Wisconsin side of things. I did not know that. So, Tim, before we let you go, we got one more for you. Um, besides Black Husky, is there a brewery tour or a brewery or small brew pub you recommend our audience go and check out? Well, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, I know everybody's been there, probably. You know, Lakefront would be my first one just because they're just they're just such solid fuckers. I like those guys. <laughs> uh, and But, I mean, everybody's already been to that one. Um, I think what would be another one that I would probably choose, you know, it's hard. It's hard. There's so many out there to go to right now. Right. Yeah. And different ones. You know, I, I, I do like the guys at venture a lot. Um, okay. Simon, Simon solid. Um, I've known Simon for a long time. Um, back, you know, you know, you guys know Simon, right? Pink glasses, Simon. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, he's um, he. I, I, the first time I met him, I was delivering beer at Stubby's, and he wanted to talk to me about starting a brewery. And I said, my advice is don't start a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't listen to my advice. That's awesome. But Tim, we want to thank you again for taking the time to uh, be on the podcast. And uh, obviously, we love Black Husky. We've reviewed, I think, a couple beers now. Dogfather, Dogfather, and, uh, yeah, another one, I believe. Yeah, and we love the beer. Um, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, hopefully, one of these days we can make it out there and slam a hams with you. Yeah, uh, that sounds great. I'm always there. Perfect. Thanks, Tim. All right, thanks a lot, fellas. All right, thanks. Have a good Sunday. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, 
please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch out for deer on your way home.